0: الحمد Alhamdulillah, الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله in شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا. ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له his لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَلَا نَظِيرَ لَهُ وَلَا نِدَّ لَهُ وَلَا ضِدَّ لَهُ وَلَا مِثْلَ لَهُ وَلَا مِثَالَ لَهُ وَنَشْهَدُ أَنَّ سَيِّدَنَا وَحَبِيبَنَا وَشَفِيعَنَا وَسَنَدَنَا وَمُولَانَا his disciples, وَرَسُولُهُ أَمَّا بَعْدُ his بِاللَّهِ مِنَ we الرَّجِيمِ witness اللَّهِ الرَّحِيمِ دعواهم فيها سبحانك اللهم وتحياتهم فيها سلام واخر دعواهم ان الحمد لله رب العالمين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم للمسلم على المسلم ست بالمعروف يسلم عليه اذا لقيه ويجيبه اذا دعاه ويشمته إذا عطس ويعوده إذا مرض ويتبع جنازته إذا مات ويحب له ما يحب لنفسه أو كما قال عليه who is والسلام صدق الله العظيم وبلغنا رسول النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين. Walhamdulillah Rabbilalameen. My respected elders and brothers. This hadith of Rasulullah. Is explaining to us the rights of people. In this world a person has rights that are due to Allah and a person has rights that are due to people. Rights due to Allah is called Allah and rights due to people is called Khukukul Ibad. Just as it is important for a person to fulfill his rights that are due to Allah, it's important for him to fulfill his rights that are due to people as well. And in this hadith Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم is explaining that every Muslim has six rights over us. The Muslimi al-Muslimi sittun bil-ma'roof. Every Muslim has six rights over us. The first right is wa yussalamu alayhi ida lakiyyahu. We make salam with him. We make salam. Whenever you see a Muslim, al-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakat. But the beautiful sunnah this is of Rasulullah sallallahu الله, الله عليه وسلم that wherever we go, we see a Muslim. We greeting with salam, and the salam is such a beautiful practice that is making a beautiful dua for our brother. May the peace and the barakah of Allah be upon you, my brother. It's quite as compared to a person saying hello or hi or good morning, which means nothing. Nobody can even tell us what the meaning of hi or hello. But salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh clearly means peace and barakah of Allah ta barakah wa Taala be upon you. And in reply, he will reply by saying the same words, wa alaykum as-salam wa barakatuh. Rasulullah explains upon whom should a Muslim make salam? man tarif. You know the person, or whether you don't know the person, you can see this is a Muslim from the signs of his face, his clothing, his topi, his beard. I can make I can make it this is a Muslim brother. السلام عليكم wa اللَّهِ wa And never should we feel shy to make salam with a Muslim. Even there be a whole host of kufar around us. I am a Muslim, I'm proud to be a Muslim, I greet with salam, and this is how I will greet my Muslim brother, loudly a person makes salam. Nabiya Kareem sallallahu says, if you say as alaykum, you get 10 rewards. And if you say as alaykum wa rahmatullah, 20 rewards. And you say as wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh, you get 30 rewards. So you make the full salam, you get the full reward. And the whole day round as we're walking, whether we're at work, we're coming to the masjid, we're at home, we're making salam with each other, the sawab and the reward for greeting each other, is just growing more and more and more. So Rasulullah says, <laughs> You know the person, you don't know the person. Whether it's a wealthy person, whether it's a poor person, we make salam with everybody and we greet every person. Sometimes we have this weakness, a person is a wealthy person, affluent person, then we greet him, as We walk past the Muazzin, we don't even greet the Muazzin. We just walk past him like he's not even existent, whereas this man He's calling us to the masjid five times a day. Five times a day, he's calling us to the house of Allah. And Rasulullah ﷺ says, al Muazzinun atuwalhum a'naqan yawm al-qiyamah. Highest position on the day of Qiyamah is for the Mu'azzin. You walk past the Mu'azzin, you don't even make salam. A wealthy person, you greet him with two hands. Salam alaikum. We make the salam properly. Every person, know the person, you don't know the person, Dr. Hafidh Hansa sahab, Rahmatullah al to explain if you say when we give the salam, make the salam correctly. The salam starts with an alif. It starts with an alif with a vata. as alaikum alaykum. because of this SMS language and WhatsApp language, we grieve salam. Alaykum. We don't make that alif in the beginning. We make the sal- alif properly. make the salam correctly, properly, and we get the full sawab and the full reward of this. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, says, the person who's the closest to Allah. Allah.'" And which Muslim doesn't want to be close to Allah Taala? Every Muslim wants to be close to Allah. And Rasulullah says, the closest Muslim to Allah is the person who greets first. The one who greets first is the closest person to Allah. تعالى. Allah Taala loves this. Sometimes we have a small problem, argument, two brothers or two friends or two musallis. Now there's a bit of bad blood between the two. The one who makes salaam first, he's closer to Allah Taala. Go 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 up and make salaam. Just make salam with him, even if you can't be. Best friends again forever, please make salam with him. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says Al Badi ubi salam bari um min al-kibar, the one who goes and makes salam first, that's a sign to show he got no pride. That's a sign to show that he got no pride. He went up first and he made salam first with his brother. We don't lose anything by making salam with a person. Even if that person is not pleased to make salam with us, we must still go up to him and make salam. Azul Shaykhul Hadith Mulana Muhammad Zakariasab Rahmatullah. There were many people in his family who didn't like him for certain reasons. And uh, there were times when the Sheikh Rahmatul Ali used to see them, he'd make a point of walking up to them and going to make salam with them. He'll stretch his hands out to make salam with them, put their hands behind their back and say we won't make salam with People used to tell us the Shaykh Ram, why are you disgracing yourself? As you can see these people are your relatives, they don't want to greet you. Why are you still going to greet them? Because must I do what you're telling me to do, must I do what my Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wants me. My Rasul sallallahu Alaihi sallam wants, I humble myself and go make salam, I will humble myself. So this salam is such a great afsur salam aveenakum. It is mentioned in a hadith that this is one thing that will create muhabbat amongst ourselves, create love amongst ourselves. The more we create, we spread the salam out amongst ourselves. And one hadith Rasulullah explains, when you enter your house, you make salam loudly. When you enter your house and you make salam loudly, as you enter the house you say, "Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh." Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala special rahmat, mercy and blessings descend on that house where a person enters and you make salam loudly. Allah reward our Maktab children, our small little madrasa children. The apostles when you enter your house, make salam loudly. When they come back, alhamdulillah, maktabs are now open again. Children are going to madrasah. They come with their juzdans in their hands, they open the door. The first thing they'll make salam loudly in the house. How much of barqat comes in the house just through that salam of those little children? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq, inshallah. We must teach our children this. Year. I remember when we were little children, our parents, grandparents, so that's an important aspect that they taught us. Anybody comes home, any visitor comes home, you leave everything you do, you can make salam. Make salam with the visitor, then you go carry on your plane. When he's leaving, you leave everything, you come make salam with him again. This is a sign of respect and adab that the visitor came home, you left everything, you came and made salam. At him. Complaints, a lot of times you get complaints that children are not making salam. So, this we must teach our children, grandchildren. Whoever you see, some elder, you saw your father's friend, from all Musalli in a masjid, go and greet him, make salam with him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will create muhabbat and love. So, this is the first right of a Muslim. When you meet him, then you make salam with him. The second right of every Muslim is somebody invites him over, then you accept his da'wah. You accept the person's da'wah. Someone told you, please come to my house. Now you don't be so proud that you don't go to the person's house. Unless of course you've got some commitment, you're working or you're in madrasa or you've got some other, you accepted another dawat, then you tell the person nicely, Jazakallah, I accept your da'wah, but I've got a da'wah somewhere else already or I've committed myself, I've got work to do. But inshallah, I'll come sometimes. So someone calls you to his house, whether it's a rich person, poor person, you must accept that dawah of his and try and go, go to his house and eat at his home. This is also another way of creating muhabbat and love, to open up our Khan, Open up our dastarkhan and invite people to our homes. Sometimes it's family, sometimes friends, sometimes neighbors, relatives. Call them to our house and feed them. This is an easy way of bringing muhabbat in a community and in a family. The third right of every Muslim which is mentioned in this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam When a person sneezes and he says Alhamdulillah then it's your right to reply that Alhamdulillah of his by saying Yarhamu Allah So when a person sneezes and he says Alhamdulillah then it is his haqq that you should reply him with this dua Yarhamu Allah, may Allah have mercy upon you It's mentioned in a hadith that there are certain things which Allah Ta'ala loves One of the things that Allah Ta'ala loves is the sneeze of a Muslim And why is that is when a person sneezes, then from the bottom of his heart he says, Alhamdulillah, he praises Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves that praise that a Muslim gives for Allah. Ask a person who's got a sneeze stuck in his nose and he just doesn't want to come out how irritating he feels. And then when it comes out that Alhamdulillah that comes out, that Allah Ta'ala really loves that. When a person sneezes and he says, Alhamdulillah, and if there's anything Allah Ta'ala dislikes, is when a person yawns and when he yawns he makes that sound. Uh, he makes that sound. That Allah Taala dislikes that. Allah Ta'ala dislikes it when a person yawns and he makes that sound. So Rasulullah sallallahu has taught us that when a person sneezes, when a person yawns, when a person coughs, he should cover his mouth. And when he sneezes then he should say Alhamdulillah. He should say Alhamdulillah and those around him should say Alhammukallah. And it is mentioned in the hadith when a person yawns and he doesn't cover his mouth, he keeps his mouth wide open and he makes that sound. And shaitan actually laughs at him. Shaitan actually laughs at this person. Look at this lazy person. Look at this lazy person, how he is just yawning away over here. Allah Ta'ala doesn't like this quality in a Muslim, that a Muslim must be lazy. Rasulullah used to make this du'a, al Allah, save me. I seek a protection from being a lazy person. From being a lazy person. This is something Allah Ta'ala doesn't like, that a Muslim must be lazy. A Muslim must be up and about. He must be good for himself. He must be good for others. He must be ready to work for himself. He must be ready to work for others as well. Whoever needs help and assistance is ready to help. Unfortunately, nowadays, sometimes laziness has crept into us. The person is not even ready to help his mother to set the dustar khan. He's not even ready to help his mother to clean the kitchen. Why? Because laziness has set in. So, Rasulullah is speaking about the rights of a Muslim. This is the third right of a Muslim is... That when a person sneezes and he says Alhamdulillah, then you should reply by saying, Ya Allah, may Allah have mercy on you. And in reply, that person will say, Yahdi wa yuslihu balakum, May Allah guide you and may Allah make all your affairs good for you, make all your affairs go well for you. These are beautiful teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa There's one incident about Hazrat Imam Abu Dawood Rahmatullah Ali. Imam Abu Dawood is one of the great Imams of Hadith. When you study the Alim course, then in the final year of the Alim course, there's one kitab that you do Abu Dawood Sharif. It's a big kitab on Hadith, about 4,800 hadith of Rasulullah that are recorded in there. But It is a beautiful story about how Imam Abu Dawood became blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was one day standing at the harbor, and there was a ship that was about to leave the harbor. And as the ship was leaving, there was a person standing on the ship who sneezed and said, Alhamdulillah. But by the time the ship was leaving, it dawned upon him that that person said, Alhamdulillah. And I didn't reply by saying, Arhamuqallah. Whereas it is his right. It is his right that I should have said, Arhamuqallah. So he quickly called a person with a rowboat. And he said, I'll give you one boat, one silver coin, one dirham. If you can take me up to that boat and I can reply to that person. So the person immediately jumped, got the boat ready and very quickly took him to the ship and from there he shouted out يَرْحَمُكَ Allah!" and he came back and he gave this person a gold coin so those people who were in the ship they heard a voice from the sky saying Abu Dawood has purchased his jannat for one silver coin Abu Dawood has purchased his jannat for one silver coin just because he showed the respect to the right of a Muslim and he replied to his sneer so this is the third right that is mentioned in the hadith of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as far as the rights of Muslims are concerned the fourth right that is mentioned وَيَعُودُهُ Iza Marida. When he gets sick, then you should go and visit him. When he gets sick, then you should go and visit him. This is a right of a Muslim. The person is sick, he's ill. Whether he's in hospital, whether is at home. That you should go at a time that is conducive to the patient. Just go there for a few moments. Make salam with him, greet him, make dua for him. If he needs anything, you can bring it for him. There's a great amount of sawab and reward in visiting a sick person. This was a very great part of the life of Rasulullah ﷺ. Whenever anybody was sick, he would sometimes go alone, sometimes he would take some sahaba, ikiram, ta'ala anhum, and he would go and visit, visit the Sikh people. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did not restrict this only to visiting Muslims. Even a non-Muslim, if you were sick, Rasulullah alayhi wa went and visited him. There is an incident about a Jewish boy, a Jewish boy who fell ill, and Nabiya Kareem went to visit him. And at that moment, Nabi Akareem seized the opportunity of giving him dawat and explaining to him that see you in the last stages of your life why don't you believe in Allah? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our Rabbi, is our creator if you die with the Kalima, you go straight to Jannah this young boy, Jewish boy he looked up at his father for Mashwara and his father looked at him and said, Ati' Abul Qasim listen to what Muhammad sallallahu wa is saying boy read the Kalima and he died in this condition with the Kalima on his lips so to visit the sick people this is a great Sunnah of Rasulullah for which there is a great amount of rewards Rasulullah says, When you go to visit a sick person, then immediately when you come to visit that sick person, you have entered into the rahmah and into the mercy of Allah. Wa ta'ala, number one. Number two, when you go to visit a sick person, you have distanced yourself 70 years away from Jahannam. You have distanced yourself 70 years away from Jahannam just by visiting a sick person. Rabbi says that when you go and visit a sick person, Allah wa ta'ala, appoints 70,000 malaika. 70,000 malaika to make du'a and maghfirat for you right till the evening. And if you visited in the evening, then right till the morning. 70,000 malaika are making du'a for your forgiveness. Can we imagine? We always want people to make du'as for us. We always want to be in the du'as of people. This is an easy way to be constantly in the du'as of the malaika by visiting a sick person. Imagine 70,000 malaika, they are put into du'a. They keep on making du'a for the forgiveness of this person. And 70,000 malaika making dua for our forgiveness. And the fourth thing Rasulullah explains is that when a person goes to visit a sick person, Allah appoints one angel that go and make this announcement: Your walking is well, you have done well. And be rest assured, you built yourself a palace in Jannah. For visiting a sick person, you have built yourself a palace in Jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with these great rewards and how we can earn these great rewards just by visiting a Sikh person. Abdullah there's a great initiative some of the ulama kiram have started off where they are going to the different different government hospitals and they are going to visit the Sikh people in hospitals. There are many, many people who are in the hospitals, Muslim, non-Muslim, in the, especially in the government hospitals, who are in desperate need of a little bit of help and assistance. One Malana, he phoned me on the 25th of December. On the 25th of December, he said, it holiday, so he went to the Eddington hospital to go and visit. And he said, while I was walking through the different wards, visiting the patients, I came across one Tanzanian brother, Muslim brother, and he says, when he saw me, like life came into him. He just sat up in his bed, and he started talking to me. So I said, no, well, no, I'm a Moana. I just came to visit you here. He said, "Molan, I'm here in the hospital now for five days. I haven't got one visit. Nobody came. I've got no family here in Durban. Nobody came to visit me. But I'm so happy today that you have come to visit me. I feel my iman is strengthened. In this last four or five days, I can't tell you how many Christian groups have come here to the hospital. They are singing Christmas songs here. I feel my iman is strengthened when they come here. Today you walked in. Wallah, I don't know how I feel. My iman is strengthened. Just sit with me a little while. Let's make some zikrullah. Let's talk about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I just want to refresh in my iman. I'm the only Muslim here in this whole world. All these Christians today are singing Merry Christmas songs the entire time. How important these visits are, these these visits at the hospitals to try and go. We have time for everything else. Picnics, we got time for. Gymming, we got time for. Cycling, we got time for. Sports, paddle, tennis, we got time for. Everything else. Let's try and introduce this one thing. Once a week, we take our children, take our wives, go and visit the hospitals. And every Muslim, imagine Muslim, non Muslim, whoever we visit, if we visited 10 patients for the day, we built 10 palaces for us in Jannah. We got 10 times 70,000 Malaika to make dua for our forgiveness just for visiting the sick people. Allah give us tawfiq, inshallah insha'Allah. We can try and introduce this. Alhamdulillah, from Mirbang, some of the satis started going to the went to the hospital. Going to the went to the hospital and visiting the people over there. There's so many people, there's so many needs. In like fact, just this morning, one one brother mentioned that he went to the hospital. He met one old white javar. He was there in the hospital and he spoke to him a little bit, he said, you know what, I'm ready to become a monk. He read the kalima this morning. This morning he read the kalima, he became a monk. But there's so much of benefit that will come out, inshallah, with this hospital visits. we can try and introduce it, Sometimes we take our wives and go, they can do the women's ward, we can do the men's ward, visiting the sick people and earning great amount of sawab and reward for us in this way. The fourth, the fourth point that is mentioned in the hadith of Rasulullah with regards to the rights of Muslims is, ويتبع جنازته إذا مات. ويتبع جنازته is a matter that a person he go, goes for the janaza of a person when he passes away. When a Muslim passes away, it's his right that we should go for his janaza. There are two, two aspects here. One is first, farz, farz e kifaya to give him a ghusl and to attend his janaza Now, But this great amount of sawab if all the Muslims can get together and try and attend the janaza. Rasulullah says that when a Muslim passes away and you give him ghusl, you wash his body, Allah washes you off of all your gunas and your sins. To this extent, raja aqayomin you become like the day your mother gave birth to. You are completely pure from any guna in any sin. For the person who gives husal to the mayyat, Allah reward these burial societies and the people who are involved in the husal of the mayyats, that every now and then they are making husal and they're washing the bodies of those who have passed away and they're earning great amount of sawab and reward. We too should try and get involved somewhere or the other, even if it's one or two janazas we go for. Or well, even if we can't do the entire ghusl, at least we're pouring some water here and there, we will also get the same sawab of having all our sins washed. Rasulullah sallallahu wa explains that if there's a janaza and you attend the janaza, Allah wa Taala gives you the sawab and the reward of one qirat. One qirat of reward. One qirat of reward is equal to the entire Mount Uhud. Mount Uhud is about 17 or 18 kilometers long, the hugest mountain in Medina Munawwara. And if you just attend one janazah salah, you get the reward of one qirat of sawab, so much of reward. And if after the janaza salah, you go to the qabristan, and you take part in the qabristan, in, in the burial of that person, then you get a second qirat. So two qirats of sawab and reward you'll get just for coming for the janazah salah and for going to the qabristan. How many of us, we can manage this? sometimes the janazah nearby. What if you jump in the car and just go for the janazah salah and go to the Qabristan thereafter and take part in this and earn great amount of sawab and reward. Sometimes we used to see the elders in the family, the mayyat in Jobur, mayyat jumping in the car and driving to Johannesburg for the for the janazah. It is so close family now, it's so far away family. But they had that azmat and that reward for sawab and I must earn myself some rewards. I'm here in this world for a short time. Time. and I need to earn and accumulate as much sawab and reward as I can so they would take, the, take up those trips. now and then sometimes a person passes away in our community in our community a person passes away you are not attending the janazah now. sometimes you are not going to the qabristan a lot of times you will find in the qabristan nobody to help to fill the grave nobody, sometimes worried mustn't mess my new shoes I got new shoes now, I just paid so much for it if I'm going to go there and put my hand on the speed, I'm going to mess my shoes. So is the shoes more important, or is our akhirat more important? Imagine a Muslim passed away, and we don't have enough hands to fill the cover. Sometimes people with white beards, they're all standing and filling the cover, and the youngsters with black beards are all standing in the back with their hands folded, or their phones in there. But this is wrong, it's completely wrong. This culture must come out of our lives. We must put our shoulder to the wheel, take the speed and help out as much as we can. And we don't have to, sometimes we think no, three handfuls we put, so enough. So it happens that sometimes the grave is, sometimes the soil is very, very thick, very hard, like shale, like stones, so it's difficult. So we need more hands, more people can work. On Saturday, we went for a Janaza sala in Brook Street. There wasn't one youngster in the kabrestan not one youngster in the Kabristan, only old people. Lucky the sand is quite soft, so it was easier to fill the cover. But not one youngster in the kabrestan to come and assist in the burial. But this is a very bad uh, picture of our community, we should try as much as we can to assist our Ustaz. I remember once he mentioned to us, he says on the day of Qiyamah, a person will be standing in front of the mizan, in front of the scale, and his good deeds will be light, and his bad deeds will be heavy, and he'll be worried that what's going to happen to me? And a small little packet with sand will come and fall on this side of the good deeds. Suddenly that will weigh very heavy on the side of the good deeds. He'll be shocked and he'll ask, what is this? it will be said to him, this is the sand, that you put into the grave of a Muslim, it is now coming to be weighed for you and the nizan on the mizan, on the scales, and it is weighing so heavy. So, to assist as far as the Qabristan is concerned, to take part, to go, to be part and parcel of the entire program, and in this way we get sawab and reward for ourselves, inshallah. So, to go to the Qabristan and, wa janaza janazatahu is our matter to attend the janaza salah when a person passes away, and the last point, wa yuhibbu li ma yuhibbu li nafsi, and that you love for your brother what you love for yourself. A Muslim must have a big heart. They must never ever be selfish. A Muslim must never be selfish that I wish that everything for me and my wife and my children. But you must wish well for every Muslim. As ibn Abdullah, he says, When I went and I pledged allegiance on the hands of Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam, he told me one word of advice, An-Nusha li-kulli Muslim. Wish well for every Muslim. Wish well for every Muslim. And this must be the heart of every Muslim. We wish well for others, our neighbors, our relatives, our friends, our family. Whatever it is, I wish well for you, I wish the best for you. In everything of deen, dunya, and akhirat, I wish well for you. For a Muslim, these are the six rights of a Muslim. And when we look at all these six things, what it's generating? is generating muhabbat and love. And in a community, there is nothing better than muhabbat and love. In a family between husband and wife, if there's love, that is everything. In a family, between brothers and sisters, if there is love. In a community, between a musallis, if there is muhabbat and love. This is the greatest thing that we can possess and we can earn, is to create muhabbat and love amongst ourselves. And these six rites, which Rasulullah ﷺ has mentioned in this hadith, making salam, uh, accepting a Dawat, to, when a person sneezes to see Alhamdulillah, visiting the Sikh, going to the Qabristan, and loving for your Muslim brother, what you love for yourself. All these things are generated muhabbat, اللهم الله تبارك وتعالى يجزى ان شاء الله تميك عمل واخر دعوانا ان الحمد لله رب العالمين <تصفيق> أشهد أن محمد ربايا الله الحمد لله الحمد لله القائل كنتم خير أمة أخرجت للناس تأمرون بالمعروف وتنهون عن المنكر وتؤمنون بالله فنحمده وحمدا كثيرا كلما يحمده الحامدون ونشكره شكرا جميلا كلما يشكره الشاكرون أما بعد فيا أيها الناس أسيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله فقد فاز المتقون والله سبحانه وتعالى يقول بقوله يهتدي المهتدون قل هذه سبيلي أدعو إلى الله على بصيرة أنا ومن اتبعني وسبحان الله وما أنا من المشركين فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لغدوة في سبيل الله وروحة خير من الدنيا وما فيها فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مغبر قدم عبد في سبيل الله فتمسه النار فقال عليه الصلاة والسلام لعلي بن أبي طالب رضي الله تعالى عنه فوالله لا يهدي الله بك رجلاً واحداً خير لك من حمر النعم فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من عاد مريضا أو زار أخا له في الله ناداه مناد بأن طبت وطاب ممشاك وتبوأت من الجنة منزلا أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وقال تبارك وتعالى وإذا قرئ القرآن فاستمعوا له وأنصتوا لعلكم ترحمون بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات وذكر الحكيم أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه انه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له وَنَشْهَدُ أَنَّ سَيِّدَنَا وَحَبِيبَنَا وَشَفِيَعَنَا وَسَنَدَنَا وَمَوْلَانَا مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَرْسَلَهُ بِالْحَقِّ بَشِيرًا وَنَذِيرًا بَيْنَ يدي السَّاعَةِ مَنْ يُتِعِ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ رَشَدْ ومن يعص الله ورسوله فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ارحم امتي بامتي ابو بكر رضي الله تعالى عنه وشدهم في امر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه واصدقهم حيان عثمان رضي الله تعالى عنه وقضاه علي رضي الله تعالى عنه وفاطمه سيدات نساء الجنه رضي الله تعالى عنها والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب اهل الجنه رضي الله تعالى عنهما وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله رضي الله تعالى عن اللهم وفل للعباس ولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا رضوان الله تعالى عليهما وعن كل الصحابه أجمعين الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم، ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم، وخير أمتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم، ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة، وقنا عذاب النار اللهم بارك لنا في رجب وشعبان وبلغنا رمضان اللهم سلمنا لرمضان وسلم رمضان لنا وسلمه لنا متقبلا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان ويتاع ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغض يَعِذُكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ وقال تعالى فَاذْكُرُونَيْ أَذْكُرُكُمْ لِي وَلَا تَكْفُرُونَ الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى الا ما شاء الله انه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر ان نفعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الاشقى الذي يصلى النار الكبرى الله اكبر جميع الله لمن حمدا ان الله, 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 الله اكبر الله اكبر الله اكبر الله اكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين اياك نعبد واياك نستعين المستقيم إكرام الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا <تصفح> الأتاك حَدِيثُ الْغَاشِيَةِ وُجُوهٌ يَوْمَئِذٍ خَاشِعَةٌ عَامِلَةٌ نَّاصِبَةٌ تَصْلَىٰ نَارًا حَامِيَةً تُسْقَىٰ مِنْ عَيْنٍ آنِيَةٍ لَّيْسَ لَهُمْ طَعَامٌ إِلَّا مِن ضَرِيعٍ لا يُسْمِرُ وَلَا يُغْنِي مِنْ جُوعٍ وَجُوعُهُ يَوْمَ إِذِ النَّاعمَ لِسَعِيْهَا رَاضِيَةٌ فِي جَنَّةٍ عَالِيَةٍ لَا تَسْمَعُ فِيهَا لَا غِيَةٌ فِيهَا عِينُ جَارِيَةٌ فِيهَا سُرُرٌ مَرْفُوعَةٌ وَأَكْوَابٌ مَرْضُوعَةٌ وَنَمَارِقُ مَصْفُوفَةٌ وَزَرَابِيُّهُم مَبْثُوثَةٌ أَفَلَا يَنْظُرُونَ إِلَى الْإِبِلِ كَيْفَ خُلِقَتْ وَإِلَى السَّمَاءِ كَيْفَ رُفِعَتْ وَإِلَى الْجِبَالِ كَيْفَ نُصِبَتْ وَإِلَى الْأَرْضِ كَيْفَ سُطِحَتْ فَذَكِّرْ إِنَّمَا أَنْتَ مُذَكِّرٌ لَسْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ بِمُسَيْطِرٍ إلا ما تولى و كفر فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إياهم ثم إن علينا حسابهم الله اكبر يعلى الله لمن حمدا <تصفيق> الله اكبر الله اكبر الله اكبر الله اكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم صل على سيدنا مولانا محمد وعلى سيدنا مولانا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم انت السلام منك السلام تباركت يا ذا الجلال والاكرام اللهم إنا نالذكريك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك وبغفرك ورحمتك خير الرحمين. لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ وهب لنا من دونك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب اللهم إن إنا والجنة ونعود بك من سخطك وغضبك والنار ربنا آتنا من لدنك رحمة وَهِيِّ لنا رشدا اللهم لا سهل الا ما جعلته سهلا وانت تجعل الحزن سهلا اذا شيء. ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا انك انت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خَلْقِي سيدنا مولانا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا رحمة